welcome to Exit Through the 2010s. This is a show where we talk about the movies of the past decade. Um, I'm Jack Draper. With me is Clay Williams. Um, since you have nothing for us to kick things off, how about giving, it some, giving us some of the best things you've seen recently? Oh, well, okay, shit. All right, just going to lay it up for me. That's all right. All right, that's good. I just, like, today I actually just saw Escape Room Tournament of Champions, like, at the theater. Mm-hmm. Just a delightful time. Just a delight. Just like had just, it, just a big old Coke slurpee. Uh, just a big old Coke slurpee in a reclining chair, just in the theater by myself, basically, and just watching. Like a just, king. Like a king. It was just. It was gorgeous. And after that, I watched uh, fucking Night Moves with Gene uh, Gene Hackman, not the Gene Hackman. Movie we actually Arthur Penn, not the Kelly Reichardt film. <laughs> I'm going through all that the neo noir section nice. for the Criterion Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sweet. that was on it. And, yeah, I mean, I've been watching a ton of movies. As, as a Would you recommend both of those? Yeah, tournament. I mean, hey, if you, I mean, Escape Room is like you have to you have to see the first one to see what you like, what you think about it. And if it's not mm-hmm. for you, this one, this the sequel's not going to change your mind. It's yeah. not going to yeah. be like, holy it's shit. like, you know what you're All in right. for. This yeah. is I now I got to watch, uh, you know, the, the first one I wasn't sold, but the sequel, hot damn, this is it. <laughs> This it's is a not... happy death day situation. It's like, yeah, like I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like the, if you don't like, the I, first feel like death day, I feel like I feel like if you didn't like, like the first, the you can, yeah, that could be yeah. a situation. I assume you mean. I assume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I've been watching a ton yeah. of shit lately. Uh, I I rewatched a ton of shit too when I moved because I didn't have Wi-Fi for a bit, and so I just like used a lot of. I just played a lot of the shit I had on Blu-ray. I saw I've, that. I've been I've been movie crazy, man. I've been just watching a ton of movies. <laughs> crazy. I, I know, mean, I, and, and like the I, fact that you didn't have them. internet at the time, must have been the perfect excuse to like rewatch things because like yeah, you and I struggle a lot with just is is the rewatching taking up time for something that you haven't seen before. At least I have. Yeah, no, same. It's yeah. like it's always it's hard to always justify in my head when I'm like yeah. looking for things to watch, yeah. and especially um, like I need to see something again to confirm that I love it. Or it's like if I've only seen something once and I call it something that, you know, was was really meaningful, I'm like hesitant because it's like, ah, oh, well, I gotta like, go at it a second time just to, just to be sure. But then it's like, wait, no, no, it can just it can leave an impact just with one time. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's all, I mean, I can I mean, yeah, that's all I got. I've been watching just I, I watched like three John Carpenter films in a row. Yeah, uh, ones I haven't seen. So preparing for blade check dope um oh i didn't i no i mean not consciously but just you know chilling out watching some carp my favorite guy sick <laughs> your best i friend. love him yes i wish um, god i would i would like do anything to just talk to him just smoke weed <laughs> play some video games and just chill out with john carpenter there's just I mean, nothing i wouldn't do like <laughs> Murder, I'd commit it easy. I'd rob a bank. I'd do anything just for like five. And I'll, honestly, he's also an NBA fan, so it's just like I think we're meant to like hang out. Yeah, honestly, like just we can talk about the Golden State Warriors or whatever he wants to talk about. Like, you yeah, know, I, I'm totally. I'm, I, I'm there, man. Twenty four. He's made movies that are meaningful to you, and he has interests that are also meaningful to you. You know, it's he almost also yeah. It is. Well. It is truly destined. I want you to meet Jarp Carpenter the way I want Logan Kenny to meet. Clint Eastwood. I mean, these are things that I need. I need two people to get in a room together, just, just like see what happens. Um, and I, it's like not Robert only for... Franco and Andrew Dice Clay. 
like those Exa- exactly Ex- exactly yeah, 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 exactly um zach limpoo's with us um have, what have you seen what's up recently that you've loved uh is man, like your I, name right lamplu yeah okay whatever nice. close zach? enough man zach, zach lamplu yeah 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 man <laughs> yeah i'm here i'm the director of uh 15 things you didn't know about bigfoot hello yes. um hello hello so what have I seen lately? Man, like I was just telling you guys, I'd, I'd seen uh, Apollo Gauntlet was interesting. If you haven't checked that out, it's a, it, you know that like era of cartoons like uh, Ralph Bashke's Wizards or like sure. the first, uh, the Lord of the Rings, like that yes, era yes, uh, yes, or like yes, 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 Song yes, of Fire yes. and Ice where it's like, it's in the future, not Song of Fire, is it Fire and Ice? It's just Fire and Ice the cartoon. Where it's in the future, yeah. but there's castles and there's like guns with knights and shit for some reason, um, like heavy metal. Yeah, it's like that, but it's on Adult Swim and it's like that. And uh, it, it's actually interesting. They they even totally imitated the animation style. So if you watch it, you'll see the characters kind of move like that. They like pulled frames from it. They kind of move all herky jerky. It's pretty neat, and it's it's a it's a fun. Uh, it's about a police officer from present day or something who gets kidnapped by a scientist and they send him back in time and then he gets stuck back in time. Or in, no, he's in a different dimension. Yeah. I mean, all of that sounds great, honestly. <laughs> I, 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 like the different dimensions. That was pretty fun, yeah. And then uh, The Hunt, that HBO Max movie, that was actually really, really ah. fun. Have you seen that? Mm. No, but I, I mean, it's Lindelof and the other guy who's also been involved with a lot of Lindelof projects, uh, Craig yeah. Zobel. Is that, is that the yeah. Yes. That, I mean, uh, I me, me and Jack are huge Lindelof heads, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was uh, honestly like better. supposed to be pretty incredible. Yeah, it was better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, that's, those, are, those are my two picks for, for recent viewing the last couple weeks. I'm trying to look through my diary right now because the animation pick you mentioned. Oh is yeah, awfully similar to something I saw Isn't a few months ago. The new Tarkovsky Primal wasn't that on Adult Swim? Yes, yeah, that's. Uh, it is. I think it is. I don't know. Is I, that it's good? actually. Um, I only watched the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. I I've need to watch to it. See it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually, uh, I so, like I said, I used to work there. Um, we had a day where he came and pitched. He did the pitch deck to the whole company. He came by and did the pilot. He only it wasn't animated yet. It was just storyboards, and he made the whole thing. In uh, he like just brought his storyboards by, and there was no audio track with it. He just flicked through it on PowerPoint and did all the noises himself. It was actually that, that pretty cool. Lovely. Yeah, it was actually interesting because it's like, you know, it's a once in a lifetime performance. You know, what I mean, there's, there, it's, it's not like most pitches where it's like we have a clip from the thing. He's just like, I'm just gonna like do this cartoon for you. It it's a dinner neat. and a show, man. You get yeah, you get best of both It's worlds. dinner you get theater. The creation and the creator. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, it's but I had hell, right. But I haven't seen uh, anything since then. <laughs> I just recently yeah. watched the pilot, and it's been out like a year. So I just haven't followed up. I need to, though. <laughs> You're, like, saving it the right day. I found the movie that reminded me of what you mentioned. It's called Time what? Masters. 
Time Masters? YouTube. Oh, that's, if, uh... Go ahead. Rene Lalu. Um, it's the director of Fantastic Planet. And I only knew of Time Master because it's from the director of Fantastic Planet. So when I saw it was on YouTube for free, I'm like, oh, I've been trying to find this ever since I first saw Fantastic Planet. Hell yes. It was gorgeous. It was weird. It was, like it, like you said, Ralph Bashke adjacent. Yeah. Not quite. It was, like, a little higher concept. Um, it was almost like something you'd see as a kid, but you're not quite sure that you really saw as a kid. Like, maybe you imagined it. Really, really good. Uh, yeah, no, everybody should this looks see Time Masters. Trippy as well. um, it looks it's really, really, really good. Yeah, it looks like a kind this of like is... what you would like a high, uh, like a better boomerang cartoon or whatever. Like the a best little bit version of yes. a boomerang cartoon, a, like a kind Johnny. of Hanna Barbera. I, I don't I yeah. get past it. Yeah, this yeah. is like exactly the kind of animation that uh, that Apollo Gauntlet's making fun of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's the the fucking cartoon Johnny something where they would like do like Johnny Bravo oh, Johnny is it Johnny Bravo the one where did I cut you wait, off and speak too soon no I think you're I think Johnny Bravo's correct wait it, that's not the dude with the slicked back hair or whatever yep is it? yep that's Johnny Bravo no mm-hmm. I'm thinking of someone else then I'm thinking of like this is like 80s 80s like just a dude like this guy who's on these adventures that man it's gone hmm. I don't know it was something. Then it wasn't. And so is it a cartoon? Yeah, is it, it was definitely like Johnny Barbera and stuff. Uh, Johnny Quest is that it? Oh yeah, Johnny Quest. Yeah. Yeah. That, this looks like some Johnny Quest shit. Oh. For sure. Okay. I my mind didn't go to Johnny Qu- Johnny Test because no, not Test Quest. It, that's where quest. I was. I was. That's where I was confused. And, but that's yeah. much much later in time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Cartoons are cool. Everybody should check oh, yeah. out. I mean, you mentioned uh, Criterion Channel's July picks for for what they're showing, and uh, Art House Animation has some really really. Yeah, good they things. have neo noir and like they have two new playlists that I yeah. think have been like I've, I've never really done any of the Criterion Channel playlists until like they said neo noir, and you're like, say no more. I'm there. Like <laughs> I've just been in a crime. I'm ready mood, for some crime. So anything that yeah. has like crime and like a like a hardened guy and a gun, I'm like, <laughs> I'll watch it. Sold. You got me. Movie yeah. star, kind of shady, and has a gun. Alright, sounds good to me. I'm I here. also want to shout out uh, Cutter's Way uh, with uh, Jeff Bridges and John Hurd. Okay. Alright. All right. Um, if we, I, if we I must. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Zach, speaking of movies, how did you I'm, get into I'm them? I'm bookmarking uh, Time oh. Masters right now on YouTube. Go ahead. <laughs> Sweet. Add it to uh, watch later. Um, yeah, how did you get into film? What how was did I get sort of into them? Let uh, me see. Yeah, what was sort of the light that went off, and uh, what was the spark? And yeah, and then like, wh- like maybe you want to continue that with uh, what made you want to pursue filmmaking? I guess. Man, so I guess I uh, I just always wanted to do it since I was like in high school, since I was like in middle school, high school. I always wanted to make movies, and then I went to a film school. I went to the University of Southern Mississippi. Not a very popular film school. Uh, I would not, I, it was not a great program, at least at the time I went there. It was, uh, it was pretty rough, but, uh, then I started, I moved to New Orleans just cause it was the closest big city and then I didn't get any work there and I kept, uh, yeah, like I worked like, I lived there a year and I worked like one or two days the entire time I was there and then I kept getting it, work in Atlanta though. 
like I, I I was dating a girl that lived there, and I kept going there for like you know work and be up there like two weeks or whatever. And I was up there like five months. <laughs> like in that single year, I was up there like half the year. So I was like, why why am I even living in New Orleans? I saw it to Atlanta, and then uh, shortly after. Uh, I met the filming, like the directors at Adult Swim. Uh, I, I met them at like a short film contest that I won, and then I kind of fell into that crew because that whole town is like animation, pretty much. They shoot some movies there, but they the only things that really get like done, like start to finish there, are cartoons. You know what I mean? Like they shoot Marvel stuff, but they don't write it there and they don't edit it there. So they just fucking fly into town and take tax breaks and split. And uh, so, so yeah, I just fell into cartoons because they make, there they make, you know, Aqua Teen, Archers, Squidbillies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, then, yeah, I, I kind of was in and out of productions there for a while making cartoons. And then, uh, then I, I decided to make my own feature. And I made that in Atlanta. And uh, made it with a bunch of friends and all people that I knew from like making shorts and things like that in the past. And then just recently moved to L.A. <laughs> just recently moved here for day job stuff, really, for for cartoons, you know. Yep. And then. So are you an it, animator by heart, or are you now more interested in live action stuff since you made your feature? I I so animation's hard as hell to do. Yeah. Independently. It's you. It'd be hard as hell to do an independent, like, animated mm. feature film. You know what I mean? If you're a real, if you're a real, like, I'm. I don't draw. I just do animatics and work with directors and shit. But even if you draw, like, it's it's gonna take you probably a year or more to make a short. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you got to do a lot of shit. But uh, and I mean stuff. But uh, yeah. So so all my like projects that i've done independently have all been live action because you can kind of you know yeah. get a friend with a camera and get a friend who has lights and everything and you can yeah. make it stretch a lot further um yeah and then the animation thing i just kind of have fallen into it like it, it that entirely happened by accident <laughs> but it's fun it's mm. it's definitely like uh there's a there's a big world out there i'm realizing I, I got out here, and all of a sudden, in Atlanta, you could only work for, like, three studios, and here I've already worked for two, <laughs> you know? Like, wow. Yeah, I only had, like, two or three clients the entire time I was in Atlanta, and I've only been out here a few months, and I'm like, damn, I can get jobs very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's dope. Yeah, it's tight. It, yeah. sounds, it but, sounds like it was yeah. a stepping stone, for sure, like, something to, to get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah, I love live action though. I've just never. It's weird that yeah, like I've never done live action professionally. I've never like been paid to edit a live action comedy or like a like a. I've never like edited for Comedy Central or something like that. I've always edited cartoons for my day job and then mm -hmm. hopped over to like live action for fun stuff that I make on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it seems like animators have the similar passion that live action filmmakers have. That's just like I, I knew ever since I was a kid. I wanted to, yeah, on a piece of paper and then make characters move. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's and that's interesting. Like that's just like born into you. 
Yeah, I, well, I don't know if it is so much for me, but <laughs> but for other people, I mean, I I love it now. Like I, I really like it now, but other people are like absolutely chaotic about it, or like not chaotic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, like psychotic. Like they're they're like animated animation directors are like because you could always go back and revise because it's drawn. Yeah. It's not like what, live action is like you know you have to just like have what you have and. Uh, uh, you have to, it's like working with collage. You know what I mean? It's more like this, yeah. this is just what we have. Like we got to just cut it together and make something, but yeah. animation, like you can go back and revise it kind of an infinite number of times and do whatever the hell you want. Like the yeah. show I'm working on right now, they could potentially just be like, now it's in space. Just change the backgrounds. <laughs> they could just be like, just do the whole thing. And now it's in space. Yeah. And yeah. they'd be like, it's only a, like a three weeks of drawings. Fucking fix it. Start over. So, in, uh, so now the, we're in seven. We're now at a Seven Eleven. Like, the yeah, exactly. On a dime. And yeah. And so, what you kind of described with the animation process sounds like uh, uh, Don Bluth, and it's sort of like his whole uh, like philosophy towards the whole thing. Like, it's just like what so, just just be so hyper specific. Yeah, the, these guys are very specific. The uh, I mean, you hear about the stories of Brad Bird during like Incredibles or whatever or any anime, animated movie it's like he sounds like a nightmare like the Iron yeah. Giant you hear all those stories about yeah. him just being like it has to be this way in this specific tone mm-hmm. and this like it just like it's complete like perfectionism at its height because like yeah. Brad Bird had always treated animation like it was live action film and not distinguishing the two art forms like most animation directors do mm-hmm. yeah yeah Yes, we haven't done much animation on here. We're still like our only, our only one is the Emoji movie, which was a dark time. Is that true? Uh, it was. It's pretty bleak to think about. Yes, yes, unfortunately. That's unfortunately. Wow, I kind of <laughs> don't want to do this show anymore. Can we like yeah. cancel it? <laughs> I mean, cancel the podcast. Can, can someone? I, can someone like hire up from us? And, like stop the show now. Yeah, like. We've only done the only animated movie we've done is the Emoji movie. Wow. Yeah. Out of everything <laughs> in the decade. Out damn. That's that's bleak. Uh, yeah. Damn. Okay. All right. I guess I have to just move on. I have <laughs> you to just move have on to sit with this for a second. Um, Clay and I have seen 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot. They're both big fans. We have. Round of applause. Great. To you. Thanks. Uh, I bow down to you. Um, I, I think it, it so elegantly captured the feel. Uh, that you get from like a a Vice documentary, and I, I'm I'm sure that's what you were going for. That's that was the intention, but it's just oh yeah, thanks man. Yeah, so we so all our the aesthetic behind it, yeah, yeah. But our, you want to uh, like, describe it and go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was to tell you our so so yeah. So the movie is called 15 Things You Know About Bigfoot. Number one will blow your mind. Uh, fifth again, because I spoke so fast. <laughs> 15 things you didn't mm-hmm. know about Bigfoot. Um, uh, uh, it's it's about a millennial reporter who uh, works at a Vice-like uh, Vice or BuzzFeed or Mike.com-like outlet, and he always wanted to do he always wanted to like be a journalist and cover stories that he thought was meaningful, much like the one we're covering tonight. Uh, and yes. he always wanted to do that kind of journalism, but instead he is stuck doing human interest pieces or like puff pieces, you know, things like I hung out with nudists for two weeks and here's what it's like, or Mm -hmm. I went to Burning Man and here's all you need to know about Burning Man. Uh, And so he, much much like what BuzzFeed does, and so his latest story is he has to go down to Georgia and hang out with Bigfoot hunters for two weeks. 
and report back on how kooky it is, and he hates it. But when he gets there, he finds out that maybe Bigfoot is real. Um, and we, oh, you were asking about. Sorry, I had to. I had to give my pitch. I haven't like. No, I have to no, always that was great. Think no, about we it. want. We want you to pitch it. This is yeah. yeah pitch it, please. Um. So so yeah, you're asking about uh, the look of it. Uh. So our our producer Tim Reese, he actually had shot some things for Vice before, and so when sense. he and that's when, so oh my gosh, that's so apparent because it's, it's yes like, when you see something like that, it's. The, the camera is sort of handheld and it's sporadic, but yeah, it's also like the the interviewer knows like it's there, like can you get a load of this sort of, sort of thing. Um, but it's also pretty serious and like um, yeah, like so we wanted pretty important too. So anyway, we you, wanted you, to really, like we wanted really to have it be that. well, yeah, yeah. Thank you. We wanted it to be kind of like lo-fi. Like I hate. I hate when you watch a movie and it's supposed to be security camera footage and there's like depth of field, like it was shot on a fucking red cam. <laughs> I hate that. And I, anyway, but, uh, uh, so we went to our producer and he was like, you know, he'd shot for vice before. And he was like, yeah, these are the cameras we use. Like he was like, just take them, man. You know, these are the exact lenses we shot he shot for a show called flop house. Uh, and actually Brian, who is the star of our movie, was on Flophouse. <laughs> he was on that episode. So, yeah, we basically just took all the equipment that Tim had shot with, and we were like, "All right, we're just gonna go shoot this like it's like we're shooting for Vice," um, and cut it like we're editing for Vice. So, yeah, it was it was a fun experience. We made this whole movie, uh, just making a movie with buds. You know, dug it. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Have you, the first, yeah, like, um, 15 minutes, like, fucking killed me. I was, like, on the... Like, the artisanal antibiotics. That, oh, like, thanks, that man. so good. Those... Oh, my God. The, um... What was the one with the cryptocurrency? I know that one got... Oh, made crypto... The uh... First, like... CBD cryptocurrency. That's it. What that yeah. Me. So, you know, I, I told you earlier, I live in Portland, Oregon, and, yeah. you know, I know you're trying to capture, like, Brooklyn and stuff, but that stuff really hit home for me. It was <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so, well, and you guys are Adult Swim streaming fans, so you probably yes. recognize Nick <laughs> yes. Gibbons, right? Yeah, that dude, he's always down to being a short. <laughs> always. You can be love, like Nick, you know, and you come by. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it just pretty much ends with, like, you know, we see them drinking a beer with the terrorists. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, this, this is what it comes down to. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe Bigfoot is real, but there's a local brewery over here, and that's that's sort of the, the like, BuzzFeedy vice uh, oh, yeah. feel that has. Like, it's a bunch of millennial news reporters. <laughs> yeah, like, man. Was Compound a play on Complex? It had to be right. Uh, I don't even know. I think so. Uh, Brian thought of it. We actually shot... Okay, I don't know if you guys know this, but we actually shot the whole thing with the, the actors saying the words vice. And then oh, wow. we... Oh, wow. Yeah, so we shot two takes. At, they only say vice like five or six times in the movie. Uh, so we shot it two ways, and then we put it out on the festival circuit, and it said vice. And then we put vice in all the... Where it says compound in the movie, it used to say vice. And it was called the Vice Guide to Bigfoot, and we just su submitted it to festivals until Vice said we couldn't do it. <laughs> Dude, but we you just... knew that was going to happen, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Nobody would touch this thing. It was actually, yeah. So we knew that was going to happen, but we we kind of originally our plan was to try and sell it to Vice. Like we were like, That's I so bet funny. you they would put it on Viceland. Like they might That's even so buy this weird. and be like, it's Vice original content. 
and I I emailed it to him, and I installed this little software that it it can see when uh, someone opens your emails, mm-hmm. and or when yeah you can see when the when the res- the recipient opens the email, and I found a few emails at Vice, and they were all like people who worked in development or something, and I sent it off. And I could see, like, oh, someone opened it, no response. Someone, another person opened it, no response. And then I found this one guy's email. And this guy was, like, the head of development and distribution of, like, Europe or something. And I could tell kind of after reading about him a little bit, I was like, oh, this guy's this guy's boss is probably Shane, like, the owner. You know what I mean? This guy's probably, like, a vice president or some shit. And I sent it to him. And then my little recipient software said, like, 75 opens on the email. Like, he, he oh, had shit. clearly forwarded it and was pissed. <laughs> and oh, then, yeah, yeah, and I, and I sent, like, a little pitch deck and shit. Like, I made a little thing that was like, here's the movie, here's, like, why it's mm-hmm. cool, we think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, stop. <laughs> they were like, you have to stop. Yeah. You can't, That's, this, oh isn't, this isn't chill. Yeah. People don't have a sense of humor. That's so funny. The vibe that they didn't want to play along or do you think they thought it would look bad i don't know i i yeah. our, our distributor was just like it's time to stop fucking with vice <laughs> yeah it's, it's so funny yeah i mean hey con- you know like con- uh that's you know you stuck to the bit I yeah yeah yeah. That. we just and also there's nobody like nobody would put this thing out we probably could be like hey it's a parody but nobody would yeah. touch it. You know I mean, like nobody yeah, would want to put it out. The legal so, issues, yeah, 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 exactly. Even though there are only potential legal issues, it's like you yeah. know, you don't want to piss off Vice and just get yeah. sued. You don't want to have to get Edward Snow- uh, Edward Snowden's lawyer involved and just be exactly. Like, Let's yes. figure this yes. out. I, yes. I wonder if there's a the there's another comparison. Do, you, want, you don't want to get uh, what what was the Kim dot com? Oh. Doxed? I was th- I, I was trying to think of an Icarus reference that would have been cool. You don't want to get WADA or involved or whatever. I think that's the one. <laughs> right. The anti-doping one. I don't know. It was. You don't want to get the uh, Olympics one. committee, like you, you know, the yeah. IOC. The IOC. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder if there's a, another comparison that you can make with some channel like Vice that would want to play along with this. Um, like, oh my gosh, yes, we would love to put our name on it. We are self self aware. Um, this is a great idea. Maybe it's maybe it's BuzzFeed. Maybe it's Comedy Central or College Humor or something. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. This actually it's funny. Well, I, I guess I can talk about this whenever we start talking about Icarus, but it's mm. it's funny that this this movie is almost this Icarus movie is almost kind of funny. If it wasn't for all the shit happening in the middle of it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> It is, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like the beginning of it, it's everything sure, like, didn't happen in the back half of it. It's it's almost like absurd. Um, yeah, it's almost a farce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Gregory uh, Gregory, or however you want to pronounce his name, he's like shirtless for half the movie. It's funny. Yeah, it's a funny. It, I love movie. this like, man so much. I, I, I with my he's he, like the person. Heart, so I know. started. So we did OJ Made in America last week, and I started the podcast off of like if. Someone committed a murder. Like, like, who would be a person who committed a murder, like a celebrity of some kind, who you just would not believe actually did it? No matter how much evidence was piled up, no matter how much, like... Sort of like a modern OJ comparison, yeah. Yeah, like, who would you just, like, no, they couldn't have murdered people. That's just impossible. And now, since seeing this documentary, I'm like, 
I don't think Grigori could ever murder someone. I don't think he could <laughs> commit a crime. And of course he did. He did commit a crime, but I still yeah. don't believe it. He's too yeah. lovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would guess maybe Betty White would would really oh, surprise really surprise people. I think she could do it, but I think it would be out of left field. Yeah. Good one. We didn't think anyone elderly. I, I chose, <laughs> we, like, we threw Pedro Denzel Pascal. out there. We threw Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Um, we said. See, Martha Stewart, you know, would do it. She's already been to jail. <laughs> oh yeah, she hangs out with Snoop too much for her for to sure. pick up a few things. Yeah. Because <laughs> Snoop actually has. Mur- it's funny though when you look at how like has Snoop he? has like murdered someone. Like I mean, he was acquitted, but come on. But like it, it's it, it's really funny that like we there's people like celebrities we like cherish who have like committed murder. Hell yeah, <laughs> for it's, sure. It's bizarre. It, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no Icarus. It, it is funny yeah. though. I was thinking it was. It, it's pretty hard not to see. Like I watched I watched fifteen things right before I watched Icarus. And it is Same. it it, it, yeah. it it really is the documentary that that guy wants to make. It's like exactly it. <laughs> he wants that one story that'll make his career. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's 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 um, a little yeah good. When was the first time that we saw Icarus? And let's get our let's get our guest story first. The first time that I saw Icarus was for this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hadn't, I had not watched it yet, and actually, I watched it like because I, I misunderstood when we were gonna do this, and I, I like watched it in a panic. I was like, "Oh shit, it's tomorrow!" And I like stayed up late watching Icarus, but it was good. It was a surprisingly, it was a surprise. Uh, we're trying to keep you on your toes, like it, exactly. <laughs> Did you know anything about it before you watched it? Yeah, I was just gonna no, no. I just, I kind of googled like, "Oh, it's about the Russian doping story," but I didn't know anything going into it. Did you know anything about the story? The Russian doping thing? Uh, no, not really, other than, like, that was a story in the news I really didn't pay much attention to. I was like, oh, yeah, Russians are doping, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the most unsurprising thing. It's also, like, for something so geopolitical... And it's like, oh, the government is covering up crimes. This is not something... Putin is into some nefarious business. Who knew? Ew, yeah, squirmy little guy into <laughs> out of no left good field, dude. business. Yeah, that doesn't track at all. Yeah, that, that, he, he's like a stand-up guy. Him being shirtless with on horses, you know, who, how could he do something so nefarious? Uh, but it's also like one of those news stories that has such low stakes. Like, I mean, well, that's hard to say because someone I guess did die, and but like when, but that we didn't, that wasn't like pitched to us a lot when with that story. I mean, it wasn't like the headline. That uh, like the Russian government killed someone. It was like because it you know they never f- f- like found out. But it's like someone cheated in the Olympics to get medals. And it's like of all like the geopolitical stuff and especially the stuff Russia has done. It's just like okay, sounds mm-hmm. that's that's that sucks. Right. I guess you know it just like it doesn't <laughs> leave it, a lasting impact when you really think about it. Like with like, especially what was, like uh, what happened, Russia, like Russia's advocacy for anti-doping is pretty blatant too. You had that one athlete. Um, she wore that shirt that said, like, no to doping or something, and she was one of the people convicted of, uh, of taking drugs for, for the Olympics. So it's like, what the... <laughs> so even, like, the people who are, are wearing these signs are, are still guilty just because they passed the test and, like, um, they concocted this whole plan to switch the samples. Um, just like they did in The Fugitive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I... 
saw this in 2017. This is the first one of these docs that we're covering that I saw because it was getting good reception at festivals. Um, before it won the Oscar. Before it won the Oscar. Okay. I think shortly before it won the Oscar. And I got it, but I didn't get it. <laughs> like, sort of what I said about Amy. Like, I knew I enjoyed it. And, and, and I, like, knew... Uh, the world of cycling because my dad's a cyclist actually um can like not like sort of on the level that brian is like not like he treats this as a second job but just like something he enjoys and uh mm -hmm. does with some of his friends uh and I, I understood that world and how competitive it is and how seriously they took doping um I, vaguely i remember when lance armstrong came out as uh taking drugs to enhance performances, but not like I can remember it like it was yesterday, but, and that was, and yeah, I remember that was such a big deal. Like they cover it in, in the beginning shortly. Uh, I don't know if this would be my, I, well, we can get, actually we'll get to that later, but I, I enjoyed it, but I knew I had seen other docs that I hadn't enjoyed as much that year. Um, and you I kind of enjoyed more. Yeah, like, I, I had enjoyed this one a little less than others. I'm trying not to, like, give away, like, when we get to the other nominees later. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I just remember enjoying this one and thinking, like, the second half kind of confused me more than um, the first half because I didn't, like, understand, like, all, like, all the government covering-ups um, and stuff like that. But, but no, I just and, remember And the second watch, it. it made more sense? Yes, yeah, definitely. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's really, really good. I still really enjoy this one. Um, it definitely has some of the trappings that we mentioned with uh, Inside Job. Like, it kind of comes across as, like, a filmmaker who isn't as skilled enough where it's, like, they make some of the moments that are less interesting as, like, more interesting as they could be. Because it's like, oh, okay, so it's, like, a little, like, stayed. But um, the story that they're telling makes up for that. Yeah. So yeah. this was I'm this I'm in the same boat with Zach. This is the first time I saw it. I didn't really know much about it. I have no I had no real inve invested interest in the Russia doping scandal. My mm -hmm. only sport that I really care about is the NBA and basketball and anything else that kind of happens outside of it. I don't usually care too much about. I mean, uh, like tennis is cool. I, I don't really know much about it, but like I'll catch a game <laughs> once in a while. Uh, I like football usually. Uh, but I'm not like super passionate about it. So when it comes to just like Olympic sports in general, that's not. What about like, the high school football team from Memphis? Do you have any opinion on them? Oh yes, 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 yes. The oh, fuck, I already forgot what they were, like what the name was. Whatever. Yeah. That that undefeated. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that's a that's that a, coach Courtney man. Co yeah, man, you were you're just on top of it. I, for, I forgot all about that. It's not a not a great doc. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, so the Olympic stuff, I've never been too fascinated with, but like, and in, in, when the story came out, Russia's doping, I'm like, okay. I mean, if you like gave me like, if you gave me like five guesses, I'd probably figure that out. Like what's happening in Russia with the Olympics? Uh, you know, one, they're doing this. They cheated. Two, they're doing that. <laughs> Three, they're doping. Like I, I it's, it's. I don't know. It just doesn't seem. It didn't seem like the biggest story at the time. Now, of course, when you watch the freaking doc and you see like all of, all of the details in it, then that's when you get invested because it's like mm -hmm. you don't get all of those in like those details right away when you like hear a headline or you watch NBC or whatever, and you get 
like the like the heavy heavy like methodical steps it took to do all of this you just get like you know russia did this and this is what they're saying and they're denying all of it and the olympic commission is doing this and they say they're going to look into it and then that's it that's the story and mm-hmm. like, okay all right i'll move on with my life i have no you know that made no impact on me and my well-being and my interests um but yeah so it's like it was it was definitely a surprising doc to watch i knew, really knew nothing about it like i didn't even know too much about if, like how much it was about the russia you know russia doping scandal i just it's called Icarus. I, I, for some reason, didn't make... I, I didn't... I was like, why is it called Icarus? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's because, you know, it's the... Um, it's Greek mythology, right? I'm not making that yes. up. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember at least having it, having seen it come out in 2017? No, not at all. No. No, nah, this flew under the radar for me, for sure. I, I had yeah, not heard I didn't of even it. know, like... I, kind of like for, Icarus flying under the, the sun. And I was the Oscars then, too. <laughs> oh. And so it's like, you would think I would know know it. Like, you think I would be like, oh, that's the thing that won the Oscar, but I still just, like, mm. that's back my... I don't know. Had no this idea. thing won an Oscar? I didn't even know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yep. Yes, that's, I mean, I... I guess it's good. <laughs> it's like, you know what it's, it feels like, um, I guess that's our episode. Okay. Thank you everybody. So much. Yeah. Damn. All right. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Shit. Nah, I mean, it was, it's, it's, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of, um, citizen four. Yes. Oh yeah. For sure. Oh. It, like much totally. lower stakes. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's it, chill citizen four. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because Citizen Four is so crazy, because like we all heard what the governments were doing, what well, the American government was doing, but like, you know, there's this footage that was being taken at the time that just like just so happened to happen. You know, what I mean that the during that specific moment in time, he had invited these journalists to a hotel room, and that's what was caught on camera, and the whole world was fucking watching or trying to watch, and. uh and the Icarus kind of, kind of is weird because it's like it's he just kind of falls back asswards into that, you know what I mean? He he kind of like <laughs> was trying to make a whole different documentary, and then luckily the dude he's been hanging yeah. out with is suddenly front page news for like <laughs> the whole planet, you know? It it yeah. In, in this movie, for the audience who hasn't seen it, this guy. It, the director of this, Brian Fogel, is trying to. Uh, he's a bicyclist, kind of like an amateur hobbyist bicyclist, and he wants to race through. It's Do we not, remember it's, the the race that he's trying to train for? It's like Lafonte no or something. Labonte. It's like a little a little lower than uh, uh, the Tour de France. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like amateur hour Tour de France, and he yes. wants to he wants to do it one year without doping and then do it the next year after a year of doping and training and see if he can go from like 15th sort of like recreate lance armstrong's yeah he wants to he wants to go he wants to go from like 20th place to like first place and see would see if that's possible to do with doping and uh but this movie he does that but he doesn't succeed he he does like he makes like 18th place or something the first year and then the next year he he dopes and he gets like 27th place. Yeah. So it's like watching this movie you're like, "Well, damn, that stunt didn't really work, you know. That was this was kind of a flop for you, bro." And then 
out of nowhere. Even like dude was body failing. Like it was something mechanical with the bicycle. Yeah, well, the bicycle failed, but also he did say at one point he was just like, "It's just not as easy as I thought it would be." You know, he's he's like (laughs) all year he'd been training and being like, "I feel like incredible," and then when he gets there, he's like, "I still feel like I'm just hitting a wall." Yeah, at least I seem to remember that the bicycle did fuck up. That's basically it. The the bike did fuck up one day, but. And that cost him some minutes, but also he was just like, the other guys were just too good still. This wasn't going to work out. And then, out of nowhere, halfway through the movie, the guy who's been training him and doping him, it you know, the, the Russian scandal hits the news, and it becomes the only thing the whole planet's talking about for like a week. And the dude that has been training him is the guy who coordinated the whole scandal. So it goes from this, this documentary that's almost... Almost on the level of like jackass or something. Almost like a more serious, yeah, I got you. A more serious yeah, yeah. jackass, and then all of a sudden becomes Citizen Four. So yeah. it's it's a strange mix, and yeah, like I said, like the stakes are kind of low in in the sense that it's like, well, it's just athletics, you know. It's who cares yeah, if exactly. these guys shoot needles in their ass and can run a little faster, but uh, at the same time, <laughs> it is interesting how how much, uh, like, every country has apparently been doping for, like, 30 years or something. Well, longer, I guess, because he was saying since, like, the 70s, right? Yeah. He said, like, 68, I heard, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he said it's that... Like a crazy thing. Yeah, that... And just think about that, how much, like, that science has evolved since then, how, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and this dude, this dude apparently... The dude who was the scientist who trains Brian Fogel to to do this bicycle race, um, he's Russian and he was an athlete, Very right? Russian. Yes, incredibly he's, Russian. Yeah, he, he was he, smacked uh, across the face with a sickle star. and a hammer. He, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's fact. Uh, but yeah, he's like he was like a track star apparently when he because he was like. When the U.S. and the Soviet Union were trying to mend some fences, he came over to study athletes and athletics over here yeah. at the, like UCLA. And he, while he was here, he like ran marathons. He was doing track or whatever, and he was doping while he was doing it too. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, he's Grigori is one hell of a guy. Uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on with him that uh, I'm a fan of. I like him. I don't care how mm-hmm. many crimes he committed. He didn't kill anyone. He didn't hurt anyone. It's like he got he just got Russia up a whole bunch of medals. Who cares? Like he seems like a dope yeah. guy. Whatever. When Brian like, says it, joking aside, I care about you over Zoom, like that's all of us. That's, that's the audience true. talking I, I to so. him. I, that's yeah. me at least. I can yeah, yeah. I, I can agree. He's <laughs> he's just seems like the most lovable bear. He just like he's just this Russian dude, he's just like shirtless and just drinks a lot and just has fun. Just like yeah. he seems like a chill dude. Yeah, so yeah, so Brian Fogel, yeah, he, he originally wanted the, the American scientist to train him and then the American scientist backs out so they get this Russian guy who yeah, is named Grigory what's his name? Grigory Rod Rodchenkov. And there yeah, this dude's this dude's just a goofball. He's just, just like I mean he he's he really is. He looks kinda like Russian like Ron Jeremy or something. He he oh, that's like that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah, he's any yeah like you said he's just drinking but he but he does science he, and it's oh, weird he's incredibly intelligent he's insanely mm-hmm. smart it's just that he's also just like he just does karaoke once in a while just hangs out with a bunch of dudes yeah just like 
fucking hates WADA or whatever that agency is. Chicken um, loves dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just a he's just a chill ass dude. Yeah, um, it and is it's funny sometimes though, because, the the yeah. idea that in docs you can capture actual people that are as compelling, if not more compelling, than characters written for fiction. Um, yeah, like the the Edie family from like you know Grey Gardens or something like the salesman uh, from Salesman something like that. Um, yeah, it's just like ordinary people that lo- are born to be on camera, but just they're not actors, and um, definitely not the case with some of the uh, uh, the ducks that we've covered. But like you know, mm-hmm. even the people that are a little hard to watch, there's some choices that they make. Um, are still, like, good on screen. Like I mentioned Co- Coach Courtney from mm-hmm. Undefeated. And it's, like, he's swarmy, a little, like, problematic, but still, like, there's something, com- like, inherently compelling about uh, yeah when they're in front of a camera. For sure. It's, he's, it, it is interesting, though, because, like, I mean, Gregory is why the doc is good, in my opinion. It, uh, mm-hmm. Like, if, if Brian actually made his the first doc he was trying to or make, even like you know I've seen the praises of the act of killing and like the people in that doc like they committed genocide and it's like I I want to watch I want to watch them explain why they did it you know so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. there you go um, but like if if Brian actually made the doc he was intending to that doc would have sucked so bad I would have not like it sure. seems so yeah. boring. Just, it like, would have been okay if he if yeah. he if he like, actually won first. It would have been okay sure. and interesting, but it yeah wouldn't have been as scandalous like, as this. Yeah. Let's keep in the footage that we see in that first half before we meet Gregory, and mm-hmm. uh, we see him like fall back in the rankings. Then I think it's a little less boring. I mean, it's a little mo- bit more boring because it's like okay, we're gonna persevere. We're gonna keep like you know going at I the just trial didn't and see error. The point of it. Right, sure. It, it would it would get a little uh, it would get a little tra- uh, tiring, but because I was um, confused on what whether he was trying to test like the results of the race or whether he was trying to figure out if like people if he could get caught, like because there was a lot uh, right. so much of it was just about like how right. you know like it seems like the beginning it he was really fixated on how Lance didn't get caught and how it like how these drug tests are bullshit. And then it's like all of a sudden about how well he does in this race, and I just, it just seemed all over the place, and it seemed like just kind of like a haphazard idea that he went into, that seemed that might have seemed good on paper, but didn't really make didn't, but it didn't uh, really turn out to be too compelling. But like you said, he just stumbles into Citizen Four. Yeah, um, he is likable enough. Like he's much more likable and interesting than fucking like Glenn Greenwald. But it is interesting. But, like I, I didn't want. I don't want to dock about him. So I think like I think Gregory really just saves saves it to be honest because it's he's just such a compelling person. Like he, it, and I think even though I might be ragging on Brian a little bit, I do think that he understands. He did. I think he did really truly understood that. Uh, Gregory like was the pitch. This was he was the movie. Like I think he fully comprehends that because of how much time he spends on all mm-hmm. like just so much of him as a person and like not just his role in the Russian government, but him just like hanging out, interacting with his family. Like he does like establish like actual stakes and humanity to him rather than just being the goofball. Like he 
he he uh, rounds like he really gives Gregory to be like a, a chance to be like a well well rounded person on screen instead mm-hmm. of just like a something like someone like one dimensional or whatever. Yeah, um, he could have come across as any, as any other doctor that we shortly meet at the beginning. Yeah, and I think and I and I also like and I think you I think you feel the passion and like the personal investment Brian has into it, which also makes it more compelling and interesting to watch. I think it comes across for sure. Um, just like Citizen Four with, um, oh, who was the director? Sarah something rather. Laura um, Poitras. Oh, Laura Poitras. I don't know where I got Sarah from. <laughs> um, but she, but like you could definitely see how like personally invested she is into that one. It comes across pretty easily because of just how much, how much, how many risks she's taking. With this, it's not necessarily just the risks, but just like how much actual emotion and time and personal investment he's putting in. Like, he ha- he's associating himself with Gre- uh, Grigori. Like, he's mm-hmm. making him a friend. He's not, like... He's not... He doesn't He doesn't have, like, this professional relationship with him. He's, like, per... Like, it, it becomes super, like, intimate at times. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, like, an instance where the lack of objectivity really helps the doc rather than hurts it. For sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, definitely, it's all, like, really compelling, because the story in itself is very interesting if you really break it down to the minutiae of it and seeing how much actually went into it. Um, I do think, though, Jack, as you mentioned earlier, this does sometimes reek of inside job in the sense of that the documentarian isn't necessarily... Are as is skilled enough to truly do the subject justice in the sense of there's a lot of times where it feels like a lot of the heavy like graphics and editing all like trying to make it really splashy and thrilling like a like just like a regular movie especially with some of the graphics of like the like on a, like a dart not a dartboard but like a blackboard and you have pictures and circles like as a heist movie like all these like very flashy instances of graphics to like display some. Like, this is a crime, this is a, we're figuring this out, this is an investigation. It feels very, like, it, it feels like he was just like, I don't know, I need to make this entertaining, let's just do this. It doesn't feel really pointed or, like, uh, it doesn't feel, uh, what's it, necessary. It, yeah. it feels just kind of like he wasn't confident he could make the subject as compelling as it is. He wanted yeah. to add more to it, which is fine, I guess, but it, it does show the lack of confidence that I think there, there was when he made this doc. There is lots, lack of confidence, but I also think it's lack of experience. Um, For sure. Oh, man, if only I had a filmmaker here to, like, put insight into this, <laughs> this whole world. of, But, but certainly I can't. Um, but I would say that comparing Icarus to a movie that was also nominated this year called Faces Places uh, from one of the great filmmakers of all time, Agnes Varda, you know, it's the, the, the craft difference is so apparent. Um, they're at, they're about like dra- like such different things, but but still, I guess like you could say. Um, but I, I'm we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. But there's another doc down here this year called Strong Island by Yancey Ford, and in that doc, it's recounting um, a murder of her brother, uh, and it's all done through photographs, and like um, or it's mostly done through photographs and sort of interchanging their their lives, and it's done through like mm. memories and. It's like that's a very personal uh, take on, it. and I think that's like uh, one of her first uh, 
docs as, as well, or, or if not the first. But um, yeah, I, I think certainly Fogel gets tied up in like the freshman effort. Yeah, I don't know. I've never made a documentary before, so I can't. I can't speak to what that's like. <laughs> you have but made like... a mockumentary, though. I mean, you have well, made yeah. a mockumentary. Yeah, but that's just making fun of documentary. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to. I mean, probably the reason he went with those things was because it, it probably they were probably trying to. You know, they probably got to a point where they were like, we need to definitely include the parts of how they did this. You know, what I mean, like showing the hole in the wall and all that kind of good stuff. And it probably yeah. just got confusing. Like, they probably got to a point where they were watching the interview and just being like, this this is confusing as hell when we just have people just talk. You know what I mean? So they probably... It's true. ...made all those graphics and shit. But, um... What was I going to say? I was just looking at... Something. Ah, fuck. I had, an, I had another window open where I was looking at... Uh, 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 had a... Something about documentaries. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... You get to a point where you have to like just cover up mistakes. Like, oh, oh no, I was gonna say seaspiracy. Seaspiracy is more what you're talking about. Seaspiracy has like, have you guys seen that? That documentary oh, on Netflix. It's on my watch. It, it's on my watch list. It's all right. All right. So that your 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 complaint about this movie, I guess, having like, oh, they're kind of peppering in some graphics. I feel like seaspiracy had everything. Seaspiracy has. <laughs> A fucking cartoon in it. It has graphics. It has like, it has every kind of like, what can we put on screen to for B roll? Mm. You know what I mean? It has all of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is. Does it have like security I mean, camera have... footage at one point? Like, it's yeah. got everything, man. It's got <laughs> undercover footage where they like go into a store wow. with like like uh, cameras, allegedly cameras, like in their little lapels and shit. Mm-hmm. They've got every trick. Every fucking trick, you're like, dude, if you'd have picked one, this would kind of feel like a signature. But you went with, like, ten. <laughs> That's fun. That's interesting. Do they okay. have, like, cameras on pens or something? You know? <laughs> that, that, that documentary was full of shit. Well, I mean, alright, maybe... Here's the thing. The facts... Maybe... The facts that they present in Seaspiracy may be true. The, yeah, uh... The craft, not so much. Well, the, uh, the facts might be true... Uh, they, they, but like the, the amount of like personality in that guy and just like, I just hated, I kind of didn't like the guy and I kind of didn't like their approach to filmmaking. So weirdly enough, it makes me question the facts. Like, like if you just said, if you told me, Hey, yeah. Imagine if this Icarus thing was just kind of shot like real world, you'd be like, I don't buy it. Even if it's true, I don't buy it. Like, Seaspiracy had a lot of good information, but then I was, at the end of it, I was just like, yeah, but the host is kind of a dickhead, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I got you. it kind of feels like I shouldn't trust this asshole. Right, right. What if Man on Wire was shot like Survivor? You know, it's like, exactly. Totally yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know if this is real. That's funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, right, too, like, this is essentially own- like, this is essentially Super Size Me, but with drugs. And yeah, yeah. to see, um, to see Brian Fogel take it from that initial conceit uh, to where it goes in the back half. It, I, I think I will commend him for not making it look jarring, just because Gregory and him were already 
uh, collaborating. Like this wasn't something he brought in just because it was yeah, in relation. That transition to, to be more Gregory prominent is actually pretty decent. Like it's yeah, not; it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel so like now it's all about Greg, Gregory. Like and he it's, puts, it, he yeah, he didn't make it well enough. He didn't make it the through line just because it was like the first half was about drugs and then the second half is also about doping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I to be my own devil's advocate about my whole complaint about graphics is what it does do is that it does remove a lot of the talking head stuff, which is what we complain about a lot when we're talking about these documentaries, is that it's so mm-hmm. talking heads focused. I mean, you look at, like, again, if we bring bring back Inside Job, which is probably my least favorite of the docs so far, and, I, and I'm and pretty sure it'll be just my least favorite in general as we finish out the series, but, like, it's, it, you know, that's so talking heads focused. I think it's the most talking head that. heavy that we've done. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. I think it's, like, that's also just, you know, the graphics on there feel very um well not as much I, I don't know it's on my issue it's not when the graphics aren't informative i mean the whole like blueprint of that building to like really il- illustrate where all of the little um where like you know the process of switching out the samples that stuff's actually yeah. pretty good because that it is it's really clearly visually communicated and like explained pretty eloquently my issue is when it becomes this weird like just these like little stylings that they kind of insert once in a while with this like you know very intense like thrill you know like uh like EDM kind of music not EDM but like this like, <laughs> kind of, like EDM this, baby yeah like this kind of fucking like you know crime thriller music that they put in once in a while it feels like um but when they have this again it's just the like are you just, talking like, about the, the parts arrow. when he switches the aspect ratio okay wait is that what is you're that mentioning him? No, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to say very ineloquently that, like, when they put, like, the arrows of, this is the chain of command, Grigori report, you know, Grigori reported to this guy, this guy reported to this guy, like, just, like, the little arrows, mm. and, like, you know, yeah. like, it looks like a, like a, a, a car, like, a whiteboard you would see at a police station with everyone's photos and all this string attached and stuff like that. When it's not really, it, like, it's not informing us of anything that we're not un- understanding. Like, it's like, this, mm-hmm. yes, we get it. You don't need to do this little, these little, like, tricks or, like, PowerPoint slides of just, like, well, this is how it all worked, man. You know, he, this guy reported this guy, and, this, you know, like, it's it, it feels so stale and unnecessary and just, like, too much. It's like, what, what do you, we don't need this. You're already communicating this very clearly. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need this extra thing. And it comes off the heels of Greg- Gregory explaining this to us and just, like, a conversation between him and Brian, two people that have already gone to know each other so well over the course of these past few months or years. Um, and I would have even substituted that for the graphics just because we know and like Gregory so much. Um, he can just be our uh, narrator, let alone a... Uh, uh, a reliable one. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, like... I mean, I do have to commend Brian a little bit for just, like, not relying so much on the talking heads. He hasn't handcuffed to it. He's still, like... He's still, like, illustrating important information without it just being this guy talking to us in a camera. Like, he's using news clippings. He's using, like, you know, news footage. He's also, like, you know, when he's just... He's also just following Grigori when he's, like, at a safe house or whatever. Just, like showing how he's like operating 
just like like casual like actual conversation it feels like between friends feel like a lot of times is like filmed and that being a vessel for a lot of the information in the doc um it's not it doesn't feel so form like like formula uh, formulaic and stiff a lot of times that like inside job does it does feel more loose but i feel like that looseness comes with this just like well let's just throw this in here just because it's you know it, it looks interesting and it's kind of fun let's just do you know like let's do let's do a conspiracy board on you know like you know show putin's little picture and then like do all these little illustrations it's just like you know the the blueprint stuff is like this is this is very easily like i'm learning like this makes more sense because it is a complicated series of events of switching out those samples like it is very clearly communicated with all those bottles and the specialness or like the specialties of it in the particular like way to open it and how hard it is like all of that is clearly communicated through those kind of blueprint graphics but when it becomes just this all this unnecessary stuff it just kind of populates the screen without really adding to anything and kind of distracts from the actual content um that's like my main issue with it like it does like in i actually thought of this when like i was after i watched it i'm like i connected it to 15 things about bigfoot or 15 things you didn't know about bigfoot like the, like those like edits that a lot of those Viceland exposés have of like just when like they're trying to do like um, exterior shots or just like the dude walking and then there's all these little like um, tints to the camera and these little mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know what you would call them like these just like editing graphics of just like the little like cross lower thirds yeah like the cross that and also like the crosshairs oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, show the next segment just like all those little things when i watch a vice i mean that's perfect like perfectly encapsulates what like vice land and, co and complex that's like their filming style for sure it's like it, it, you mm -hmm. did that perfectly but i have a main like when it's in those like but that kind of filmmaking i think is so unnecessary and feels so just it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel confident and feels like they're like trying to make up for something they make up for like their act like their actual trust in their own filmmaking when it's just like little flashy stuff that feels so artificial and like just like useless artifice and so that kind of reminded me of just like some of the editing in this doc is just feels like you you didn't have to do that like you you had you, you were doing just fine you didn't have to just add all of those unnecessary little uh tinges to it yeah it, it, i mean just to I didn't think I, we'd bring up Inside Job in the Icarus episode as, as much as we are, but Charles Ferguson, I don't think, trusts his audience. Yeah. And um, I think you can sort of see, I mean, not to that extent, but maybe Brian Fogel, um has the same anxiety that he's just like, I really want folks to get this and uh, get the severity in which Gregory is going to... Uh, be put into because I think we do understand the severity once we see uh, that colleague, especially if his um, passes away, yeah, due to you know heart failure. But <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Now I'm looking up who who edited this. Yeah, let's call them out. Let's let's call them out on their bullshit. Well, there's there's <laughs> there's four editors. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Well, I don't. I think a documentary typically does have like a team because there's so many people. I guess, yeah. Let's see. Citizen, citizen. Now, now I'm curious because I edit for a living and I'm now I want to know. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Citizen Four is one we agree is a good one. Let's see how many editors were on that. One. This just it becomes the Google show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. 
Oh, um, wow, you're right. Only one editor on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I think also the difference between this and Citizen 4 is they're going for different tones. Like, Citizen 4 feels like an apocalyptic film. It feels yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh no, the world is ending because they're like this gross... This gross injustice is happening in front of our eyes. The government is lying to us. It feels very dire and like, like, very like not uh, not melancholy, but like sobering. It's a very yeah. sobering mm-hmm. documentary. While this is very much more like pop, like just much more like pulpy, and, and even though it is like based on true stuff, it feels much more like thrilling. Like, look what's gonna happen now! Isn't this crazy? You know, it, it doesn't because again, for some reason the there is a bit of tameness issue. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the stakes issue that we mentioned. That you know, it, this is not the NSA spying on every American in the country. Like it, this is mm-hmm. like you know. I mean, people die, so there 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 is some kind of stakes involved. But that, even that is treated as more of much more of like a like a. I was mentioning I've been watching a lot of neo noirs lately, and it feels like a kind of a twist in a neo noir. It's like, oh, this man was mysteriously murdered. Like just the way of how kind of like just fast paced it is, and how it mm-hmm. just focuses more on like the thrilling aspects of the story rather than sometimes the more like grounded elements, as in like yeah. a man died. <laughs> yeah, you kind of sounded like the Lord Farquaad meme. Like some of you may die, and it's a sacrifice <laughs> I want to make. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too critical, but like that was no. my kind of takeaway. <laughs> I'm still, uh, I'm still glad I watched it. It was, it was a fun watch. Oh, I liked it quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Like I know yeah. it sounds like I've been quite negative, but I mean it was really compelling and i mean i think gregory is just such a i truly do think he's a saving yeah he makes he makes the movie yeah yeah but i don't think brian is unaware of that i think he's quite aware that he makes the movie and he uses it to his for his for the betterment of the film and i think that is commendable i think there are there's craft in the humanity he is he takes or the humanity he um shows with gregory Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of choice and intention there which i think is commendable i think if there is something that the movie really i think it really accomplishes well using snowden using putin as like an overarching presence throughout the back half and you obviously we never got to see him interviewed but it's just more you know that he's in the back of the minds of Fogel and Gregory as someone that's an obvious puppet master and um, a finger to point to. Um, and we're not sure. Like, this this could... I, I would say this is the first Trump-era doc, and we don't... And, and I guess in that case, we don't know how much he knew uh, about it. And maybe, like, it doesn't even really matter, but I guess in that case. No, I... I it's, it's funny. I saw... It. <laughs> I saw a review on Letterboxd that said, "I'm, you know, this is a documentary that involves urine and Putin, but surprisingly not about Trump." Oh yeah, that was Brian Tellerico. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's quite a funny review, but like, um, it is yeah, it is interesting that like Putin is gonna is, <laughs> this is probably like the least of his comp- conspiracies within like the next five years after this doc. <laughs> it's like this is like the least impactful, as in like yeah, yeah really like, he's involved. 
in elections and the Ukraine. Uh, I mean, they mentioned the U- some of the Ukraine stuff, but like he's in the like the Ukraine uh, instability of government and like oppression in the Ukraine and other countries that Russia is involved with, and like their connections to Saudi Arabia, and of course like the uh, the 2016 election, all that kind of stuff. It is funny that like the, the, this is a doc. That, like the only doc that includes Putin that won an Oscar this decade that and it's probably his like least impactful conspiracy that he's committed mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's like probably the one where it's like oh yeah sure I mean there's nothing to like discuss it's just it's just yeah. now people have brought it to the news and the news will bring it to more people <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean the uh, compelling thing is the what they did it's not even that like the subject of like the actual ramifications it is that the lengths they went to and how mm-hmm. like that like how much how serious they took it and how basically they put so much of their like they put so much will and effort into this one thing when it has it would, when it doesn't really better the country but they kind of make the case that it helps Putin re- retain more power which is an interesting idea that I wish maybe would have been explored a little more. Like they mentioned how he wouldn't be so aggressive with Ukraine if he didn't have record approval because of the Sochi Olympics, which is an interesting connection that I'm surprised they didn't really explore a little more. But yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, but it's definitely like it, it has. Yeah, it's it's very fascinating to take that angle of it. Um, but yeah, so it's like I, don't, I forgot what my original point was. But you know, it's it, it's surprising the amount of places this story goes. And even though we're kind of we, we have all been saying that the stakes aren't too crazy, the mm-hmm. the methods that they took were crazy. And like the and how serious and like you know fucking Gregory almost died because of it. Like he's his life is in danger because I'm pretty sure he's like, still of, in witness protection to this day. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. like his 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 life is still endangered because of doping. Like, that's how, like, even though we don't think it's serious... Just for a couple of games. Like, this is just sports, Exactly, that's the crazy thing. It's mm -hmm. like medals. (laughs) That's why it's crazy. It's because of, like, basically how fucking weird the Russian government can be. I was watching this interview with Brian Fogel. I forget where the interview was. Um, He was, like, making a comparison to, like, Peyton Manning. It's like, we pay... So I I forget why he brought up Peyton Manning. Couldn't have been for a reason. Um, We pay athletes so much money to go out there and play a game that they're supposed to be exceptional at and that exceptionality is just the odds are going to be in their favor if something's in their system to help do it so i guess if they're supposed to be entertainers um then why not let them all cheat (laughs) it's sort of like his also like the like the discussion that they were having in in the interview where it's like this is all for show why they would cheat and just just to improve themselves but but really don't we want to see the improvement that's i mean yeah let's let's see like the best baseball player for that part but i want to see like the best athletes that science can give us you know right sure that's what i want to see is just dudes roided up i want to (laughs) see I think there should be two leagues. There should be one where they like piss test them every every game, and you get to see the pee leather well, dick, like the scientist. Test. Like we can't pass <laughs> the piss test. Yeah. The scientist watches you pee, and then and then like that's this is accurate baseball. And then there's another one where it's just like Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds types, 
and they only sure. live till they're like 32. And it's just watching like a bunch of apes just like smack like 32 home runs a game. It's just it's just roided out monsters just cr- cranking home runs, dude. They can hardly run too. Like they're so. Exhausted. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's just home runs. Like yeah, like what's the record for home runs now? It's like 75 in a season or something. Like it'd be something fun like that, to see. Yeah. To just see the stats difference, just like regular guys can only get like 55 yeah. and then like roid it out, dude. It's just 150 every season. That's so funny. <laughs> but I, like, what if they made like a boys state, but with steroids? I, I mean, I think there is an interesting point to be made that what it is for sports are for entertainment. I mean, you could just, you, you can argue it's like, you know, athletics are important for character building and stuff, but for, like, professional sports where there's multi-million dollar contracts and, like, advertising deals and sponsorships, like, it is for entertainment. That's what gets mm-hmm. views, that's what gets, um, that's what gets the money in the bank, that's what, that's the whole, that's the whole co- economy of it, is for entertainment. It is, like, Barry Bonds did dope. And yes, he used that doping to probably break the record for like home runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, were those home runs like dope as shit? Like, weren't they? Weren't they like cool? <laughs> yeah, yes, oh yeah, they were. That's the thing. Weren't they everybody, as hell? Yeah. Everybody loved like the home run race with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. That shit was tight, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's and so wasn't like, Sammy Sosa like, like, wasn't he tripping on LSD? Uh, probably. Was he? Was that his his method? Were. He wasn't even using steroids. He was just like smoking ganja <laughs> and just. Yeah. Taking taking acid right before the game, in the dugout. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even oh, hiding. Yeah. It. The, the, the main issue is the side effects of the drugs. But like, if it's something, if like you know, if it's controlled, if it's like you know, it doesn't. It has limiting. If you limit the side effects and you have like doctors oversee it, why not? Like I don't know. Um, I I I mean I think it's better if no one uses it just because it. It's probably just better for everyone involved. Makes the games more competitive instead of like home, like blowouts or whatever, and that like one player doesn't control the entire game because sometimes that isn't fun to watch. But I do. But there is a valid argument to be like, well, this is what are we watching this for? We're watching this for like you know, like just insane acts of athleticism, just like like dazzling, you know, like dazzling plays and just like sheer entertainment and joy coming out of just the like the world's greatest athletes do what they do and if doping's involved with that it's like i mean you know that doesn't take there's a stand-up i forget who it was i mean i think it's like hannibal burris but about how like you know there are fathers like who you know they're like uh, dads and sons who like watched barry bonds break the home run record and have like a special moment over over it, and we're like entertained by it. Them him doing steroids doesn't really change that. Like it still had like there was that emo like it, it is it was that it, he he hit a home run. People thought that was cool. People bonded over it. That's what sports are about. That's what sports are about. And you know like he doped while did doing it, but that doesn't take away what he actually. A human did. being can do it, but like how yeah. they do it like shouldn't matter. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's not like he had a, like a mechanical arm or like it was like a robot or whatever. It's not like it was predestined. Like he still did it. Um, and it's like twenty percent stronger. I mean that is like a good amount, but it's not like it doesn't change the entirety of a sport. It just Guys, makes it maybe. Yeah. Here's here's something. Here's the real story. I just googled Sammy Sosa and he's bleaching his skin. 
Oh, oh, saw, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not. I have right. not seen this. It's not like semi social, like fate, like mask or something. There's yeah. a there's a Atlanta joke on the Teddy Perkins episode that freaking kills me. I think it was the semi so. I think it's about semi. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I like it, but yeah, no, it's uh not great to look at. It's uh disturbing <laughs> to say the least. Um, hope hope you're doing okay, Sammy. <laughs> we're you know we're here for you, whatever you're going through. Um, but like, yeah, no, so it's one of those things, it's part of the sport, whether we like it or not, what it's probably preferable for it not to be, Yeah. at least, you know, so, now that like, I'm thinking no, of it, it sorry, doesn't. like, just like, now that I'm thinking about that Atlanta joke, I'm like, now real, yeah, I'm remembering it now, in like, the context of it, like, a character tells another character to Google it, and then it sort of like signals the audience, like, you should Google it too, and then you're like, yeah, yeah that's what I did. <laughs> Because they don't show it. They don't show it in yeah. the episode. Yeah, they yeah, just they Google yeah. it, and you just see the reaction of Paperboy yeah. and Earl's face. And then, then I'm like, oh, I got to Google it now. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that tracks. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, it, it, I, I think it's preferable for athletes not to dope because it probably makes the game more competitive, which makes for, you know, more, that makes it more exciting. Like, you know, I don't know if we get game sevens in the finals if, like, if one play, if like one player is doping, uh, doping and like dominating the game and blowing out the team, like scoring a hundred points or whatever, like it's it, you know, I'm not saying that's like a thing that can happen, but it, it, you get my point. Where it's probably preferable if they don't do it, but I don't think it's like it's not this crazy sin if they do. I think people like that whole yeah. Barry Bonds thing was such a huge overreaction. Like people had like moral crises over it, and it's like, what did you? It's one of those things. Also, was like, what did you expect? They were sure, on the up and sure. up. Like they have, they these these players make hun- like hundreds of millions of dollars, and the more home runs they get, the more money they get. Like, what do you what um, did you think they were gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna kill me, but who's the fella that just was on the team? Uh, they they won the finals. Gian Giannis. 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 Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> what if what if he was discovered for taking performance enhancing drugs? Like it wouldn't, I'd it be wouldn't, a little disappointed because yeah, it, oh. it seems like that's not his deal. But it's not like I would have like a crisis of faith over it. Yeah, yeah. Like you just needed to do. Like it's sort of. I was just trying to make it topical. No, I got you. No, that yeah. makes sense. Let's get to the other nominees. Unless anyone has anything more to say about Icarus. Uh, no, I don't got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. like I had something else, but I I can't. Yeah, I can't think of it because I. Uh, shit. Wait, can I ask one more question, Zach? So What? So, like, you did do, you know, you did make a mockumentary, but it was very much more about, like, journalism. But did you watch, like, actual documentaries to maybe try to get, take away some stylistic? Uh, yeah, for Uh, sure. We watched a ton of stuff that was on Vice. Um, we watched a ton of that kind of stuff, uh, to to just basically rip off their style, you know? Mm -hmm. Um... Nothing, nothing like this though. Nothing like important. You, you know what I mean? Like nothing like <laughs> like an Oscar-winning situation. Mm-hmm. We watched a lot of like uh, like BuzzFeed type of BuzzFeed's like trying to dip their toes in documentary and crap now. So yeah, watched yeah. a bunch of that to just get ideas. But I mean, you know, our our movie in particular was more about like the characters. Like it was all written characters, and it was like a written story. So. So, you know, that was just kind of jamming a written story into this container that feels like a Vice documentary, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. But just yeah. happens to be something like it's not about India's COVID crisis, but it's about Bigfoot, you know, something that's like so absurd yeah. and like unimportant in the grand scheme of the world. It's just. Oh, like Bigfoot, hunters, of, Bigfoot hunters would disagree. <laughs> no, Bigfoot it's just a couple of bearded boys in the woods. I mean, <laughs> did you, have you ever, have you, have you all ever been a Bigfoot believer? <laughs> no. Have we ever met one? I've, I've yeah. now met several. Yeah. Did what, you like talk to them? Uh, so actually, in the beginning of the movie, the, actually, let's, just, goes, let's just pretend that was my question. <laughs> in in the beginning of the movie, when we go to that Bigfoot festival, that was a real Bigfoot festival. Really? I was so, going to ask that. That's we crazy. Actually I'm like, that's a lot and, of extras. Yes, we actually went and spoke to. We never used this footage, uh, but we we got some footage of Brian talking to like real Bigfoot experts, you know, in character, and then we just decided we didn't want to use it, but. Yeah, we, we met several guys from all over, which is kind of wild to think that there's Bigfoot believers in Kentucky and West Virginia, but also Florida. And also, uh, you know, people that live outside Jacksonville that are like, yeah, there's Bigfoot in Jacksonville. You know, it's it's a little... Jackson, that's so funny. It's a little that's goofy hysterical. that yeah. some people, there I mean, are like, like recorded sightings in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, like, it's funny that like... I mean, Portland, are there any Mississippi? Probably, probably. There, I mean, There's bigfoot sightings everywhere. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. Like there was one outside my house. No, um, but like in <laughs> Portland and like like Seattle, like the specific like the Pacific Northwest. If you're gonna have a big bigfoot sighting, it makes sense more in that area because it's so much foliage. It's a you know it's a, it's a certain climate. It, yeah, you know, it works because there's just so much forest that hasn't been touched yet. But, like, when it's, like, fucking Jacksonville, like, yeah, no, there's no Bigfoot there, I promise you. I wonder if O.J. Simpson's um, ever seen the Bigfoot. I bet he has, in his dreams. <laughs> um, has So, wait, was this the was the convention actually in Georgia? It was in North Carolina. We, we okay, drove to like, North Carolina. Wow, okay, okay, yep. okay. We were okay, doing some understand ser- that this was for, like, a mockumentary, or do they think it was actually, like, a vice piece? I think... No, no. For we, we actually didn't tell them. <laughs> we, yeah. we just interviewed them in character, kind of like a kind of like a Sasha Baron Cohen type of situation. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But some people, we everybody was chill. We uh, we got permission from the mayor to film. It was cool. what the mayor? Yeah, yep. Got permission from the mayor of the town. Where was that? That was in uh, Marion, North Carolina. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It was tight. They totally. they decided to have a yearly Bigfoot festival. Yearly? What what is, what what's what's the big thing that changes the like like I wonder what's like <laughs> what's the evolution? You know, year right. two of the Bigfoot festival. Here are the changes, dude. I don't know, man. But it was uh, so they funny. had yeah they had it. It was it was kind of weird that they were just like this is our thing now. You know what I mean? And it was, so it. it was a packed. It was a packed festival. Like, it, yeah. there was other stuff. There was, like, there's a band, and there's, you know, some vendors, but there was, like, band. there was, like, a dozen, probably, uh, uh, field expert researcher guys that had brought all their, wow. like, casts and everything. They were, they were cool. That's awesome. Yep. Did you look oh, at, man. um, any other mockumentaries? Other mockumentaries? I love Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. That's yes. a favorite of mine. Huge, um, like the Christopher Guest yeah. documentaries are, are some of my like those are hysterical. Or... 
Yeah, yeah, those are really good. Um, yeah. yeah, mostly though, I most of like the comedies that I like though are more. Uh, Gosh, I like, want to cover this, like you yeah, know, pop stars so badly. Oh my god, that'll be dude. Pop stars so good, and well, oh, are you so guys? Good. You guys have both seen it, right? I have not. Actually. Oh my god, I've seen I'm... tons of clips about it, but I haven't. It, it, it totally it. flew under the radar. Yeah. It, oh yeah. It, for it sure. really I mean, did. It bombed it in in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just. I think it was because of the election. That's my theory. Is everybody was mad about (laughs) Bernie Sanders or something to Mm. pay attention? Sure. But it's such a classic, dude. I'll take that. I gotta watch it. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm a huge Connor for real head. Let's go. Like. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I. I. Anything I've seen of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna love this. Um, you Before know, speaking of Andy Sir- Samberg, I want to recommend to everybody like, sp- like this is cycling adjacent. He made um, uh, a cycling mockumentary oh, I've heard about called this. Tour de Pharmacy on HBO. Yeah, it has this right. killer cast. It's so funny. Like Lance Armstrong actually makes a hands. cameo in Tour de Pharmacy. Um, Wait, who does? Where yeah, Lance Armstrong. He's in Tour de Pharmacy, and wow. There's so there's this scene where it's like. In you know in interviews they'll have a per- you know they actually do it in Icarus they'll have with one of the lawyers um, they'll have the person their face is blurred and their voice is all modified Lance Armstrong is that person but he gets up and it's at- and you can see him <laughs> it's so, so it's funny. so funny um, yeah but yeah the one in- with Kit Harrington that you mentioned is called Seven That's Days in Hell one. and it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a parody on Wimbledon. It's that yeah. one is even better. Oh, it's ju- oh my gosh, you guys! It's so oh, I gotta so watch good. them. I need to watch more Andy Samberg. <laughs> I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, even though it's yeah. like Copyanda, but like that's a fun show. Palm Springs Rules, no, it's, it's great. Yeah, I, I I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good actor, good writer. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's um, the what's, what's the one with has... Rashida Jones that the rom com? Ah, that was no good idea. too. I forget. I have no idea. Um, Zach, what's your favorite episode of Vice? Oh man, uh, favorite episode of Vice. I'm trying to think. I mean, I have the... one. Okay, go ahead. Do you do yours first? It's the Michael Kenneth Williams uh, one about like juvenile, like, um, like you know, uh, like um, kids and like minors getting arrested and like the incarceration rate for like juveniles. Like that's. I mean, it's really fucking sad, but it's like really good. Hmm. I think mine. My, I, I'm trying to remember the ones that stood out to me because I used to actually watch the HBO show quite a bit. I remember the the weed in Carolina one or Carolina, Colorado. The weed in Colorado one where they were like trying all the different weeds and mm-hmm. acting like this was a super serious thing. Um, what else? Oh, the be- so some of the stuff on Viceland is exceptionally like. Like what I'm talking about, where they're just like, let's just take a millennial and just throw him in a. Yeah. Here's here's what they do. I, I didn't realize this till after this movie was done. That their formula is we're either going to make a smart person do a dumb thing or a dumb person do a smart thing. <laughs> that's that's, that's their shows. They're either like that's so we're, we're sending Action Bronson to Congress or we're taking like kind of a smart journalist and making them making them smoke way too much weed, you know. That's that's what they do. Yeah, that's their formula. But um, some of the action Bronson stuff is just ridiculous. That mm-hmm. guy's just 
it's ridiculous that he has a show. Uh, yeah, that dude's that dude's a nut. Watching watching some of his stuff for research was pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I was gonna say the brewing, the brewing show. There's the the woman that owns Golden Road Brewing in California. She had a show about like finding finding the the perfect beer or some shit, and it was so I couldn't stand her. I just couldn't stand her. That's 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 my favorite. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. What's it called? That that one that you just mentioned? Uh, shit. Let me look it up. Golden Road Vice Brewing Show. Jack, have you ever watched an episode of Vice, the HBO show? Beerland. Not, not on HBO, but I I've seen most. I've seen or a Showtime, few of them, or whatever it's on now. I've seen a few of them online on YouTube. Um, I remember yeah, seeing this one, and I just looked. I just uh, looked at the name of it to get it right. It was like the. Uh, it was in like a history class. Um, being a white student at a historically black college. Um, that was pretty interesting. It's like 25 minutes long. But I, I, remember, Wait, I remember that one. Are there two different vices? Is there one vice that's on HBO and one on YouTube? Well, there's... Yes. There, yes, there. It's it's the same brand, but Vice had a show on HBO, and then they also tried to make their own network called Viceland. Okay, that's what I they, thought. They tried okay. to do their own spin-off. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about, like, the serious, like, exposés on, like, HBO or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I've done countries. that one, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ones I've seen are online, and I'm trying to... I'm trying to jog my memory if, if I've seen any others. I must have, because sometimes Vice or Vice-adjacent things will come up in my recommended, and if the, like, the headline is... Like catchy enough, I'm like oh, this is going to watch later. Like Zach did with Time Masters. Like oh, I'll save that. <laughs> um, Saving it, baby. <laughs> I'm not sure the episode that I mentioned is on YouTube, but I watch it on HBO. Um, it's raised in the system. Again, it's with Michael Kenneth Williams. It's about like ju- juvenile uh, arrests and like incarceration rate and stuff. Um, it's heartbreaking, but it's really good. So. If you- I would really recommend it. It's like the first episode of season six. Mm-hmm. Great actor. Whatever. I, I don't really watch much Vice besides that, but it was a subject I was interested in. I love Michael yeah. Kenneth Williams, and there was a clip running around on Twitter at one point, so I'm like, I might as well check this out. And what's interesting is, like, you've only, or you only remember or have seen that one episode, but the way that they've put together their filmmaking aesthetic stuck with you so much that you can sort of laugh with 15 things you didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's also, like, Complex is doing that, too. Like, like if you look at any sneaker show on YouTube nowadays, it's the same filmmaking mm-hmm. style. It's the same I, form of editing, editing and stuff. I even identify, and this is going to sound, like, really weird, but I even identify some of what Vice has done with uh, the New York Times and mm. their, like, mini short, like, videos about, like, current topics. Mm-hmm. Um like they'll they'll have like some catchy headline like how Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump in in the 2020 election and it's like 17 minutes long and it's all like minimalist you know um it's clickbait but they're good yeah. at it yeah exactly oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah man clickbait is awful i actually so i used to run this thing let me pull it up i used to run, i just started doing this as like a pet project back in 2017 right before we made the movie 
I started running this web page called uh, I called it Please Share. Do you remember now this? Yes. The videos yes. that would just yeah. they would just kind of give you like a two minute video about telling you like how to feel. Basically, it was just like, here's the rundown about this law. And they would just like kind of tell you, Here, Hillary Clinton said this. Here's how you should feel. Yeah, yeah. And um, I made this thing called Please Share. And the whole point of it was just to make something that looked exactly like now this. But the thing it was, the thing it was telling you was so ludicrous. But it looked so serious that uh, people would get super pissed off at it. It was great. Like, here's one. Here, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. Here's a video. I should just send it to you in the chat here. Ba, ba, ba. Where's the chat? Yeah, here it is. Like, now this is still, like, really fucking popular. Like, yeah. get, I mean, all those tweets get viral pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna check this out later for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, the bit is, like, let me see. Here, I'll pull up a good one. One of them is called Craft Beer Needs to Apologize. So <laughs> and it's about how, uh, it's about how, oh, that uh, IPAs are the most popular beer, but IPAs are actually a holdover of British colonialism. They <laughs> were started by English people who colonized India and they were developed by British soldiers, or they were they were popular for British soldiers whose sole job was to carry out imperialism. IPAs are a symbol of white supremacy, <laughs> and like, so it's this video, and and it just like has all this stock footage, and then at the end it says, "Enjoying IPAs may seem harmless, but microbrews can be microaggressions," and it just <laughs> like so, it, but it looks exactly like a. Uh, now it looks just, exactly like a now this, and yeah, every yeah, yeah. it, and like, dude, this some of these videos, onion article that's so good. Yeah, some of these videos would get like a million views or so, and like <laughs> thousands of comments because everybody oh, would nice. get pissed off at it. Beer people are mad at it. Republicans are mad at it. Liberals who just like beer are mad at it. Like everybody <laughs> just would get pissed off at it. And I would just do this in my spare time, just because I was, I guess, kind of a shithead. <laughs> and just and like to piss people off. saying, why can't we drink Heineken, you know? <laughs> it's like... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my That's gosh, great. that sounds like a story that Brian is like, I've got my big break. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is it. <laughs> so I was doing this for like a year before I made the movie. That's so I was good. Just doing this. What, I, I forget what the bits even are now. I'm like, this one's about stop, stop shaming Firefest. This was back when Firefest happened. <laughs> celebrities have been bullying the attendance of Firefest simply because they are wealthy <laughs> laughing laughing at the rich is a form of classism oh yeah I forgot about this <laughs> La laughing at the, the promotes the idea that the poor are as good as wealthy <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so cool gosh yeah. you made the movie in 2018 yeah I shot it in 2018 and then uh it premiered in 2019 at a festival, and then it didn't get released until 2021. It, it played through 2019 and 2020, and then came out in spring of 2021. That seems like the trajectory for a large majority of... Uh, Dude, it's... I, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with a producer who had, like, who made a movie that had Anthony Mackie in it, and it took the same amount of time. 
Like I messaged him on Instagram and was like, dude, like what happened? Was it just COVID? Is that why your movie couldn't come out? And he was like, that's just films, man. He was like, they yeah. premiere in 2018 and they come out in 2020. Do you know you what know? the movie was with Mackie? Uh, it was Synchronic. Synchronic. Yeah, I saw right. it okay. in yeah. 2020. And Jamie it, it Dornan, right? Who? Jamie Dornan's the, in it too? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I mean, that movie premiered in, like, I think it premiered at Sa- Tribeca I, I, that in sounds about right. 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tribeca Synchronic. And it didn't come out until 2021, right? Or did it come out? No, I think it came out this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's just a grind yeah. for, uh, for... When the hell did Synchronic come out? Now that I'm looking at it, like I think it came out this year on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's hard to tell because Mackie has been it's, he's been all over this year with Falcon and Winter Soldier. That it's he also has done a bunch of Netflix films, so it's hard to hold to keep track. But I'm pretty sure it was this year. Yeah, I was about to yeah, say man. that he did Project Power, but then that was Jamie Fox. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that was Jamie Fox. But I mean, they but they've been doing like the simple like but, that. But Mackie's also just been doing like. Kind of like mid-budget Netflix movies that were filmed in the Ukraine. Yeah, like that's like what he's been like. He did the what is this? the outside outside the wire, whatever mm-hmm. that film is. He did that one. Like, I mean, Synchronic looks seems to be much different, but like he's I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like pretty high concept Netflix. sci-fi. I think. He yeah, Syn- point Synchronic's point, tight. Like, Frank Gorillo, like who like who watched that? Mm-hmm. I've not heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Mackie's a weird, weird one. Uh, we need to. We might cover. Something Is he? Um, uh, I've heard some things. I don't know oh. if it's. It's not all. I don't know if it's really confirmed, but you know, I've heard some things. Hmm. Not great, but I could be wrong. Uh-oh. He seems like an interesting fellow. Do we need to go to somebody's Wikipedia? Hmm. No, Let's... no, no. Let's get to the nom. I, Should I we get to the nominees? Let's get to yeah. the nominees. Yeah, that's very good. This year. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Icarus wins Best Documentary Feature. Greta Gerwig and Laura Dern are the ones who present it. That, obviously, like, Greta Gerwig oh, is a pretty good. Oh, that's a fun team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Future collaborators. Women. It's for it's, But it's they? obviously... Uh, uh, well, I'm trying to think of what Laura Dern had at the Oscars that year. Maybe Last Jedi, but obviously Lady, uh, Lady Bird was nominated for a slew. Um, but had they, had they worked together before that? Um, I, I, can't, I can't think of it. And since they were, I don't think so. That's yeah. funny. They, they must have just was, like was sometimes they just like, pair them up. They're going to be in Little Women. That yeah. was that, yeah. that was the inception. Who knows? Or, or the inception, or like it could have been uh, Laura Dern was in Marriage Story, and then Noah Baumbach's like, "Hey, I know a good, uh, I know well, a good can, uh, person to play sure, Aunt March." Yeah. The nominees for twenty for the twenty eighteen Oscars: um, Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. That that's this is the one from Steve James who. Who made like uh, Hoop Dreams and um, I, like, I really yeah. really want to see this one. Have you all seen this one? No, I like no. Steve James though. Yeah, um, Faces Places nominated as I previously mentioned. It's excellent. It's so so good. Agnes Varda is one of the great filmmakers ever. Um, it, it's about you know like art and creativity and um, how it can be found anywhere. You just need to like look for it. Uh, J.R. Carr directed this uh, small artist with Agnes Varda. Um, Last Men in Aleppo. Uh, this is the one about 
like the Syrian civil war. Yeah, it's like I knew this one was like, like because in the decade you'll see lots of nom- nominees be like, oh, so this is just like a small crisis in uh, like a European country or something like a Middle Eastern country, and um, and that's like a capital I importance to it. Um, and this is just another example. Strong Island is our last nominee. Uh, this one's also sensational. Um, it just like super devastating. Yancey Ford, uh, just like super strong effort here. Uh, have you seen all of these? Ne- I've only seen three out of the five, but I, I really want to see Abacus. I've Worth mentioning here that Icarus and Strong Island are both Netflix, which uh, doubles their chances here of uh, winning their first documentary Oscar, and then they'll go on to do it once more in 2019. Great. This is funny that it does... Just to mention this real quick. It is, like, we've mentioned that the big themes of the winners of this year for documentaries are sports and music. (laughs) And now we have a second whistleblower film but Mm -hmm. that's also about sports. (laughs) Right. They're very... They're on their track. They don't, like, they don't deviate that. And I think... They're, like, they choose, like, two kind of films. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll grant it. Like you can even say, they choose they choose them on a track even more than Best Picture at this point. Um, this decade I, for sure. Yeah, right. Um, you can and like I I'll, I think I want to bring this up again once we cover American Factory, but it's like another through line is that these winners are very American and like America's yeah. perspective on on uh, oh for sure on events sure, of sure, uh, the world. Sure. Yeah. Zach, thanks so much for being here. Uh, this was an absolute yeah, delight thank you to have for you. Me. Yeah, no, come back uh, now. We we want you back now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Find it again. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to Exit. No. Um, where can everybody find you? Would you like to promote anything? What, what are you working uh, on uh, next? <laughs> I I'm want to sound doing, like an annoying I'm relative. Doing, well, I'm actually, I'm in the middle of writing another movie right now. We're trying to oh, trying sweet. to make another one. Yeah, excited to oh. excited to do some writing. Uh, got an outline. Make a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, that's the with, dream. With some more rich pals, some richer <laughs> pals on this one. Hey, if you're a rich pal out there, contact Zach. Yeah. Exactly. Rich pals, hit me up. Um, yeah, it's writing a movie right now, and uh, yeah, I would just say if anybody wants to find the movie, Google 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot, and uh, on Twitter, I'm Secret Grandpa, G R A M P U H. I tweet like three times a year. <laughs> yeah. Do we get to be one of those times? Yes. Nope. Special nope. event, dude. Awesome. Sick. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that Bigfoot is streaming on like Fandango and Amazon and iTunes. Yeah, it's on Amazon, Amazon iTunes, and we have a uh, – it'll be on a subscription-on-demand place soon. Maybe. Oh, cool. Awesome. I don't know. Maybe I can say. Maybe I can't. I don't know. But uh, – hey, we're all about hints. It'll – Exactly. Maybe maybe we have some exciting news. Maybe. Or maybe we don't. Maybe we're just going to let you down again. That's so, again. I mean, this is all hypotheticals. We're all just talking right now. You know, there's no concrete, you know, nothing set in stone. Like, we're just, we're just speaking yeah. the truth. <laughs> all right, we're just well, saying things we want to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. We're just speaking um, out to the world. Yeah, Zach, but thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Yeah, really thank you. So Thanks for having me. Thanks for recommending Icarus. I probably wouldn't have watched this movie if it wasn't for this. Yeah, hey. yeah, and it's a little bit like myself with the 
ones that come out um, that we're doing in the last the last batch, like I wouldn't have revisited them as frequently as I want to if I if I hadn't uh, committed to doing the the doc winners. There's so no way like, I would have seen undefeated without this podcast. <laughs> exactly. There's just mm-hmm. no way. Um, but yeah, I can be found on Twitter, Jack H. Draper. Um, my writing on film is online on my own personal medium and the simple cinephile is the majority of it. This can be found on Netflix. It's Netflix original. It's one of the first pretty jarring too, to see like the old logo where it's just like the title and then like pops out. It's not, it's not the one like the, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, like that all the colors, like you know? Yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, we have free solo coming up next week. Jamie Rebinall, uh, a friend of Clay and I's, will be here. Um, yeah, uh, talk about a person who's um, has an interesting camera presence. What we can say, yeah, uh, super certain- chill too. Like he's not like obsessive or like kind of yeah. you know socially atypical. Like he's like a super chill dude who has great relationships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we kind of alluded to our our thesis. On, uh, on Alex in our Searching for Sugar Man episode, as Arlen pointed out so eloquently. So, uh, you know, excited to, to get into it, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. Um, yeah, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETTPod. You can follow us on Instagram at Exiting2010s. You can follow us. Uh, actually, those are all the two places you follow us. You can follow us on. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast. You know the thing you're listening to now. You could leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to us on to. Uh, please give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Share, retweet, anything you can do to promote the podcast would be super awesome. Uh, yeah, you can send us an email at exiting through 2010, exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe, stay good, get vaccinated, be kind to yourself, and as always, trans rights are human rights, stop Asian hate, free Palestine, Black Lives Matter. I'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2000s.